This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What is your next mission from God? We all have one. Welcome to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Anderko, where the saints show us how it's done. And sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Julie tells their stories to help you find hope, inspiration, and direction to show how the saints discovered and accomplished God's mission for their lives. Monica was alone in a North African port city. She was at the chapel of St. Cyprian and she had spent the night there. Her son, Augustine, had told her to stay there. He, he said, you will love this mom to stay there and pray at, at, this, at this chapel and I'll come get you in the morning and when the, when the wind is right and we will set sail. And they were going to sail to Rome. Uh, she and him and his girlfriend and her illegitimate grandson. They were all going to Rome and they had traveled to this port city from their home in Thagast, Africa. So anyway, she's there in the morning and he never shows up. He had actually tricked her. He had lied, plotted this, left her there. He had set sail in the night. Now there she is, a woman alone in a port city, a strange city, one she's not familiar with. That was just cruel. It shows the depth of his cruelty and the depth of her love, because we know that Monica never gave up on Augustine. And that is a mother's love, a persistent love, a tenacious love, and it's a love that really paid off. But in the meantime, she endured such cruel treatment, such disregard, planning. It wasn't like, oh, I didn't, bother to think of you. No, I thought of you. And I thought of you and I plotted against you. That's horrible. And I sometimes wonder, well, why did he even bring her along? I mean, she wanted to go and she thought she convinced him to take her. And I'm thinking it's probably because he needed her to finance everything. You know, he was pretty rotten. I mean, we talk about the sinfulness of Augustine and everyone says, oh, it's sexual sin. Oh, he was just prideful, full of himself. He was rotten and he was cruel. And if someone like that can turn into a beautiful, caring saint with a heart that's soft and loves God and their neighbor and has compassion, that is a true miracle. And mostly in part because of Monica. Well, most of us do know about St. Augustine. We kind of know his story. We hear that Monica never ceased to pray for 17 years. Finally, her prayers were answered. And, and you know, we don't get the backstory. But Monica really has a story. She rose to every occasion. She rose to this occasion when she was left at that port city. But let's give you a little, a little backstory of what prepared her for the life that she would lead. This story with lots of adventure, lots of it. Uh, that would lead to her sanctification and also her sons. So she was born earlier on in the fourth century and her nanny or nursemaid that took care of her was really old, 
because this woman had also taken care of her father and helped raise him. So her time goes back to before Christianity was legal to the persecution times. And she's the one that taught Monica her faith. So you think about this woman, she's just a nurse. She teaches Monica the faith, help raises her the fruits of this woman's labor. And she was just an old woman at that time. We never know the effect that we'll have in teaching someone or sharing the faith. We just don't know. Are we a little bit along the way? Are we real providential in helping their conversion? We don't know, but we play our part and we leave the rest to Jesus. And it's exciting when, when we see it unfold. Anyway, so she was married. Um, her father arranged a marriage to, for her to a man named Patricius and he was a pagan. And so Monica as a young woman has to go live in Patricius's home with his parents. Now Patricius, why her father, a Christian would marry her off to a pagan. I don't know why he would do that, but he did. I think the family was well off. You know, Patricius's family was, that might've been a step up or something who knows, but he does that. And Patricius is not a good husband. He's not what we would consider husband material, you know, like he likes to drink and he drinks too much and he gets violent with her sometimes and he goes out on her. He's unfaithful husband and she has to live with his family and his mother does not like her, treats her very poorly and they don't like that she's Christian and she still practices her faith. But it's so funny, we don't know all the details, but in the end, she wins over her mother-in-law and wins over her husband, actually. He becomes a Christian before he dies. But anyway, finally they set up their own home and she has three children. Augustine is the oldest. He has a, a sister and a brother and they're quite a bit younger than him, but he's the oldest and he's kind of a prodigy. And so even though they're well off financially, um, Patricius arranges for a benefactor to sponsor Augustine and then he, he goes off to school and he returns from Carthage where he went to school a few years later. By this time, his father had died and he comes back. He's, he's not caring for his mother's religion. He's rebellious and full of himself. He's obviously talented and he knows it. And he, and he takes on a, a pagan uh, a religion, Manichaeism, and he's just, he, he's just a mess, just a mess. And when he comes home, he brings a girlfriend with him, a live-in girlfriend and an illegitimate son. So he's got, you know, this surprise for Monica when he comes home. She still has his Augustine's younger siblings at home and they all come in and actually she has to kick him out. She has to kick him and his girlfriend and the, and the grandson out because he's, He's filling his siblings in her own home full of false teaching. And it's, she had in mind that their souls were the most important thing to guard, that her children is their souls that mattered, that they love Jesus, that their eternal souls were, were taken care of. And so she kicks them out, but then she has a dream. And in this dream, the Lord convinces her and she convinces herself. She believes that, that she is very instrumental in, in Augustine's conversion. And so then she takes him back. Now we don't know the conditions. I imagine she took him back and said, you know, but you can't preach wrong teachings to your, to your brother and your sister, maybe something, who knows what, how it was. But anyway, she takes him back. And we think, you know, about dysfunctional families, 
This was a dysfunctional family all the way around. And look what God did with it. I mean, the human race, we've been dysfunctional since, <laughs> since the beginning. So anyway, back to the port city. He's been in Tagast and it's just, it's not working for, there's no money in teaching and he knows he's really talented and he, knows, he's, he feels like he's got to go to Rome. So they go to the port city and that's where all this happens, where I began the story where he sails off without her to Rome. So what does Monica do? She arranged to sail after him. And in those days, there weren't passenger ships. You had to get on board with a merchant ship if you wanted to go anywhere. And there weren't good accommodations or anything like that, not for passengers, but so it was pretty rough going. And I don't know how long it took her to do that, but she makes arrangements. Now she's a woman alone, alone in a port city. That's, you know, she's, a pretty tough gal. I think she had a lot of faith, you know. She was raised by that 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 nurse that taught her about Christians in the time of persecution. So she's got this tenacity, this this faith, this steadfastness, and she's sure of her mission to be a part of Augustine's conversion. It doesn't we don't have any indication that she knew anything more would come of it. She just wants his soul for God. That's all she wants. And so she makes arrangements and she goes and there's this big storm like like this the ship is gonna sink and she's so sure that she has this mission with Augustine and she's sure that they're gonna make it the the crew on the ship and the other passengers they come to her for help I mean they are bolstered by her faith they are and that's the kind of what and you know when you're a Christian and you really have strong faith. It doesn't matter if you're lowly. It doesn't matter if no one knows who you are or if you're not well-spoken. When you have a strong faith and push comes to shove and things are scary, people will come to you because faith is something that we can give away. Like, like when you're having a hard time, you can call a friend and they'll remind you of the times that the Lord was faithful and how good he is. And, and they'll talk about their own faith and they give it to you. Faith is shared. And so when people need it, it doesn't matter who has it. That's where they go because everybody needs it, especially when they're afraid of dying. She gets to Rome. By the time she gets there, it's a city. She figures it out, makes accommodations, finds out about him. She finds out things didn't work out for him there because, you know, nothing happens quick in the ancient world, right? It's not like today, you know? And she finds out that he's already left. He's left for Milan. So now she's again alone in a big city. <laughs> and what does she do? She goes after him to Milan. That sounds dysfunctional. That sounds like a possessed woman. You know, she can't let go of her son. Like something's really off here, but her mission was from God and she knew it. And when we are very convinced of the Lord in our life and what we're supposed to do, it's this kind of perseverance that is very admirable and hard to do. Because at this point, I mean, he's gone on to Milan. It'd be easy to say, I got to go back to the ghast. I mean, she had intended to go back to the ghast. She actually wanted to be buried next to her husband when she died. Anyway, it doesn't end up that way, but that was her intent. So it wasn't like she wanted to leave, but she did want to be with Augustine. And she felt that it was very important that she be with him. So she gets to Milan and she meets Bishop Ambrose. And here, here is a man whose intellect and rhetoric skills and knowledge of the truth are so great that he's the one that she is sure can convince her son. 
And, well, and she was right. He was the one to match up with Augustine. But during this time, he had his own issues. There's local persecution from the local government. He's having a tough time. She's in there with those Christians. Augustine's not really having a whole lot to do with her. I mean, I imagine that he's thinking, oh, I'm in this city and there's my mother. She's with the Christians and they're, they're having issues and she's the talk of the town. I mean, I imagine that he probably wasn't thrilled to have her there. Neither was Bishop Ambrose, I'll tell you. We hear this thing like, oh, he tells her the woman, uh, how does it go? Uh, he tells her the son of a mother who has so many tears, the Lord is going to answer her, some, some beautiful thing like that all the time. But the truth is, he was fed up with her. She was persistent. She knew he was the one and she kept asking him to go talk to her son and, and to see to him and everything. And finally, he gets fed up. And I'll, now I'll read the quote to you. He gets fed up with her and he says, go on your way. <laughs> He's getting rid of her and continue your life of prayer for it cannot be that a son of such tears should perish. Okay. So he's frustrated with her and he's finally dismissing her and giving her this, this, you know, he's not going to perish. You have too many tears. And she's just like, Oh, that's exactly the answer to my prayers. The Bishop has promised me that the son of so many tears shall not perish. And she's delighted with being sent away because she's heard the answer and it gave her faith. No, oh, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. And so anyway, it's interesting. We know that he ends up being fine, but there's more to this. It's about praying and perseverance. And I have something to read to you and something to share with you. This little book, it's called Trustful Surrender to Divine Providence. Let's get that here. Trustful Surrender to Divine Providence. It's an old classic written by Saint Claude de la Colombaire and Father Baptiste Saint Jure. Anyway, this is an amazing book and I'm going to read something to you about prayer. It's just awesome. It's like if you persevere and you wait, the longer you wait, the greater the answer. Monica got much more than she ever, ever, ever prayed for. So let me read it to you. In fact, it took St. Monica 16 years to obtain the conversion of Augustine, but the conversion was entire and far beyond what she had prayed for. Her desire was that her son's incontinence might be checked by marriage. And instead, she had the joy of seeing him embrace the life of holy chastity. She only wanted him to be baptized and become a Christian. But she saw him a bishop. She asked God to turn him aside from heresy. And God made him a pillar of the church and his champion against heretics. Think what would have happened had she given up after a couple of years after 10 or 12 years, when her prayers appeared to obtain no result. I felt like that, you know. And her son grew worse. He grew worse while she was praying all those years instead of better, adding avarice and ambition to the wilderness of his life and sinking further and further into error. She would have wronged her son, if she'd put it, thrown away her own happiness and deprived the world of one of the greatest Christian thinkers. And I want to leave you with that thought in perseverance with prayer for those we love. St. Monica, pray for us. You've been listening to Your Next Mission from God with author and speaker, Julie Underko. For more about Julie, visit her website at catholicfinishstrong.com and follow her YouTube channel, Catholic Saints on Mission. 
You can find previous episodes of Your Next Mission from God on the free Hail Mary Media app or your favorite podcast platform. Your Next Mission from God is produced at the studios of Mater Dei Radio in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.